Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Autistic Assemble. Um, today um, I'm joined with Scott and Scott um, is autistic himself and he works uh, 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 along with autistic people. So it's going to be really cool to hear about his journey and the whole kind of how it all started. So thank you Scott for coming on the podcast today. Um, and yeah, so I think like before we started, you said this is your third podcast. So um, you are very, I'll say you're very experienced. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yes, yes. Yeah. A little bit of experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess to start off things, if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself. Of course, absolutely. Uh, I hope this goes well. I'm getting a notification my connection's a bit unstable. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm Scott. Uh, I live in Scotland, so I first learned that I was autistic when I was 16, uh, really just toward the last year of my, uh, high school. So I had went through, you know, my childhood not knowing that I was autistic, um, you know, so that made things fairly challenging, you know, not understanding maybe my sensory needs or the way I needed to communicate, how I like to express myself or like, you know, stem and move about. Uh, so when I, you know, got that information, like that sort of formal identification, it was quite, you know, liberating to have that sort of like freedom in a way, just to like start to piece things together and have uh, explanations for, you know, why growing up that there was obvious differences between myself uh, even with my family members and peers and everyone around me. So really, um, since, uh, you know, since I found out, you know, I, obviously I was, you know, identified through what we sort of class as like the medical model, like which is a very sort of negative like frame work of, you know, autistic people and our experiences. So uh, I wasn't left, well, it was a relief. I wasn't left with a great deal of information or, uh, you know, what I was supposed to do with that knowledge. So I would say in the past um, uh, 10 years, I was about 10 years ago, I, I was, you know, identified as being autistic. So I have just been on this journey now of like understanding uh, more about what being autistic means to me from learning from the wider autistic community. Um, and I started um, as a career scene uh, that I had real sort of purpose and drive to you know go into work and maybe do some work for or volunteer initially for charities that were aimed at supporting uh autistic children autistic adults so really my main work the past five six years now has been on like supporting autistic people in different capacities um i did a few years as a like classroom assistant in some schools uh here where i live so uh, did some work for other charities as well that was, you know, about supporting autistic people. Um, and then the there's a current charity that I work with mainly right now uh, in my area in Lanarkshire, where there was an opportunity to develop the very first, like, autistic-led training programme uh, in our area in Scotland. Uh, that was myself and two other autistic adults who involved with developing that uh two years ago so we ever since have just been you know developing that did lots of sort of training sessions last year through the charity to different sectors like schools families and other businesses 
then really just um the end of last year i had just set up my own business um as an autistic trainer and consultant so that business is called autistically scott um you know which is that name itself is just sort of a reframe of the like narrative we often see you know it's not that being autistic is something that separates it's something that can be separated from us like we are autistic like head to toe all over our neurology our nervous system and it was really just to you know change the sort of narrative that I see uh, around my area in Scotland where the majority of services and organizations are like pretty much fully led by non-autistic people so mm -hmm. I really wanted to you know branch out in my own and start to see you know more of a network here of like actual autistic people uh going out having our own training programs um having our own support services so i do some consultancy work with uh families in my local area who are maybe their children are having some you know challenges with the environment at school so i might then go to the school and do some work with them see what like ad adaptations uh what adjustments we can put in place to really enhance the learning environment um so yeah and ever since i've started up like my facebook page as autistic Lisco, i've been able to you know connect with uh, other autistic people who are in the similar field of work and profession um well, so many autistic or neurodivergent professionals i've been linking in with now uh who do their own training and live webinars online uh you know and all this advocacy work with families or other autistic people so yeah that's about two and a half months really i just got it like launched all the business insurance uh signed on so it's now going at a nice pace uh it's quite gradual just building things up but you know connections have been made and uh, there's things you know I'm booking that I'm like really excited about even just the next few months alone so I'm yeah I'm just over the moon and just very eager to get out there um, and either deliver the training or just you know provide consultancy or support to as many autistic people as possible really yeah um, so yeah that was the dump about <laughs> I guess where I started where I am now yeah yeah yeah, it sounds like you're doing really well. Like with like with all, all the different things that you've been doing, um, I, I like that you said like um about being in charge about maybe certain maybe things because like in in your local area because like like saying that non autistic people are and maybe in charge of things that autistic people can do. I think that's that is really important because the more people who are autistic in charge maybe of things that. You know, maybe from experience, it's the better, really. 100%. Yeah, and I think it's just that, you know, shifting that perspective um, in our, like, society. Um, I think that's what a lot of the other artistic professionals I see are doing as well. They are just trying to make that shift in their local authority area to say, well, actually, we are, we can be competent professionals, professionals as well, and we know what we're doing. And as you said, we can offer that insight that, you know, generally a lot of people, you know, don't have because they've not really had access to the the right knowledge, the right training a lot of times. So, yeah, it's it's just 
fundamentally it's so necessary for us to get out there and you know just sort of be a part like of being in charge or like making decisions that is about our lives and our community at the end of the day yeah yeah it, it is very important to to do stuff like that um mm-hmm. because like you don't i don't think you get enough people like you like, the, like maybe autistic people just doing that kind of stuff so it's good to see like um and your mm-hmm. local area like in scotland that it, yeah yeah stuff over there. As, yeah, as far as I'm aware, my local area, there's not, there's no other sort of like independent autistic person uh, doing something like this. We do in Scotland have a few really great autistic-led charities. There's one in Aberdeen called Autism Understanding Scotland. You know, they run so much great training and so many amazing free resources. Uh, there's one called SWAN, which is the Scottish Women's Autism Network. Um, I'm not sure exactly where they're mainly based, but I think they get around sort of different areas of the country. Uh, so, yeah, it is good seeing uh, that. But, you know, I'm hoping, you know, more and more we're going to start to see these little sparks of whether it's just, you know, solo autistic practitioners or speakers out there doing their own thing but also like us linking in and just building a network um, because that's what I've seen is happening a lot. And um, like England, there's so many like, autistic speakers, advocates in England who over the years I've seen, they've formed their own organisations with each other. So yeah, just that community and networking is so important. Yeah. It's good if you're going to schools as well because they are where mm. people are growing up and, and everything like that because it, it would have been nice maybe um when I was at school or like 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 back, back then because I think it should be happening because people may have a better understanding growing up who may um like who are not autistic and they'll understand and maybe a little bit more um because um that didn't happen but it's good when I see people like do that because it is rare but when, when you do do that I'll, I'll do like a session maybe it's about burnout or, or another topic because you, there's so many things around autism it's almost like a like um it, it, it could be just a subject really couldn't it <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah I mean it was good you mentioned um like burnout there like I I did a post recently about autistic burnout on my Facebook page like a couple of different images uh, I believe I, I sh- I'm not as active on Instagram but I do tend to share similar posts and pictures on there when I can to and my autistic burnout post was just simple little graphics of what so it can cause it, uh, what are the signs of autistic burnout and a couple of things of how to help. And it, it kind of just went viral. I've got like over 300 shares on it, which is far bigger than, you know, anything I've had since mm. starting this page like two and a half months ago. But to me, that was just such a, you know, important message that that was so many autistic people seeing that, sharing it, a couple of like big established pages and that was like the communities basically saying you know this is the stuff we want people society to know about and uh, I see so much like great work online now about burnout other uh, artistic professionals like creating their own resources based in you know 
something like that, which especially in uh, like your healthcare, mental health professions would never recognise that. They would just assume that it's depression and maybe give the person medication, which actually might not help at that particular time. So burnout is definitely one of the things when I go to schools or I, I try to fit it in as much as I can, Um, you know, because, yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate, but it is a reality that so many of us uh, at least go through that, I'd imagine, once in our lives. And school, school certainly a trigger for that. It certainly yeah. uh, was that area where I, my burnout, you know, happened through school, so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it, like, it, it, like, maybe, like, like, going to school and, and maybe not realising what burnout meant, um, like, maybe when we actually went to school, um, and, and now we know, um, what it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just so, so useful, um, you know, as young as possible for us to get that self-understanding of, like, what's happening to us like if we're in such distress if it sound like a meltdown if it is a phase of burnout like know why that's happened and what we can sort of do about it to help us yeah but that, that's that's just the idea of that it's these um messages like these sort of insights that you're not going to get from like a non-autistic led professional most of the time like they're not really going to be even aware of those sort of aspects of our experience so yeah it's just really bringing to light all of these things yeah yeah it, it is hard um it is hard um to maybe highlight them and and like um like yeah. um it, it, it is good that you do that though you go to school and talk about burnout and other things as well around mm-hmm. around autism because um that's that like you you must enjoy it um as well Oh no, I, I love it. Um, I, I get um, you know, when I first started, like for example, the training, the public speaking, I was absolutely terrified. As someone that um never thought that would be my area or a field I would go into. Um, and you know, I was so anxious the very first few that I did, um, with the other charity that I still work with, but. Just gradually, the more I did, I think the more I developed, like my content, my slides. I, you know, I know what it is I want to say, and I know, well, I back it up with evidence too. Like I make sure I'm staying up to date with the most informed research and listening to the wider community about their experiences. So while stuff I say might be quite unconventional to a lot of non-autistic professionals who don't know a lot. You know, I I know that I can break it down and just sort of, you know, offer them those message, those key messages that we want, and uh, I get a really nice um, sorry flow state. Like I can just kind of dive in and hyper focus when I do a talk that I really get invested in. Um, and it's interesting because I find those ones if I'm doing them on my own, I do tend to come away from it feeling quite recharged whereas in other social situations I would often come away from something being like so drained and exhausted but I think as as long as it's the right talk the right training session I do feel that it's something that does um like like fulfill me or give me actually more energy 
Um, maybe cause it's maybe I've got more like autonomy. I've got a bit more agency if it's my own sort of session. Uh, you know, so yeah, it's it's been really good, and it's it's definitely just so fun and rewarding. As is all the uh, other work I do, if it's just you know supporting families or autistic people one to one, and you know recognizing you know well well we're all very unique individual uh human beings you know i can maybe unconsciously draw upon my own experience working with younger autistic people where they are maybe going through similar things i did in school environment that were really distressing for me and caused me a lot of anxiety so it's mm -hmm. nice to be able to become like a safe person almost like someone that's been through the other side of it and has at least some decent understanding of what they are struggling with and a good um knowledge too of what they need to thrive really um so I, i'm just so happy at times and rewarded when i get to you know make those little um differences you know that are so positive to uh young people um, and a lot of times I feel like I'm not actually even doing anything because it just happens so naturally. <laughs> but, you know, we just build up that sort of a nice rapport where they feel safe and they can just be authentic in their artistic ways. So, yeah. yeah. And the more you do it, the more like you'll get more confident about doing That's it. Right. Um, That's right. Yeah. 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 Um and you start so did you start like you said about it all started like two months ago so is that when it all kind of um started what you doing mm -hmm. all this yeah yeah just all this stuff uh with my own sort of business yeah just um really December when I had um launched my pages and I had um like sort of announced it to people and had my business insurance all set up so I just sort of gently started with a couple of uh, families who reached out for some support um, and then really just got into more of the actually paid work for it in January, so start of this year, um, and did a, did a little talk with a local like non-autistic-led charity um, at the beginning of last month. So that was really my first um, sort of session I did uh, under my own sort of um, branding or my own sort of business. So yeah, now just um, really this past few weeks I've been linking in with different sort of autistic people. Um, some people I know locally as well in different groups that were interested in either training or uh, just some consultancy sort of work to help maybe okay. their environments. So yeah, it's all just um, thinking this building up planning stage which is uh, uh really exciting so I was just I was hoping at the start of the year just to you know spend the first half of 2023 building things up and getting things uh booked and planned for particular um maybe if it was a school or a workplace that was you know would be benefit from my training um and uh one of I do have some talks with a couple of schools right now to do that, which is really good. And um, I'm hoping at some point that I get to um find a way into like train like mental health professionals. Um, is that something that's quite uh personal, close to me as someone that was uh through mental health services a fair bit, um, 
in previous years and uh, like back to that thing about things like burnout or if it's autistic masking and uh, really drawing on um, those areas for these professionals who, you know, are well, not getting it right because I see that so often, not just through my own experiences, but the overall mental health crisis we see with the autistic community. So I am very eager to get in there and I have a specific like training session that does focus or aims at mental health professionals on like autistic trauma, how that expresses for us and like different adaptations they can make as a if it's mental health nurses or therapists rather than, you know, enforcing a therapy or support strategy that's more aligned for a non-autistic person in their brain. So just making these like nice like adjustments that are more affirming to us and uh you know validate our mental health yeah. experiences or challenges. So I hope hopefully soon I hear about that. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, um, I don't think it's talked about enough, like autistic trauma, um, yeah. because um, like maybe to someone who's not autistic, and you say something about yeah. maybe within your autistic trauma, um, that they may think it's only a little thing, and perhaps, I mean, it's not why why are you going to get worked out about that? But it is. I think it's more so yeah, how you're yeah. treated as well, like in a certain maybe experience. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's that um. For non-autistic people, they might see how an autistic person reacts or becomes distressed by something and really dismiss it and like minimize it, saying, you know, that's literally nothing, that's not a big deal. But for us, that can be, you know, deeply damaging and like really traumatic. So yeah, it's really just um flipping the narrative in these things and showing like really there isn't really isn't such a thing as there being an overreaction by someone because what's traumatic for one person is not the same for someone else so yeah it's it seems very simple when you think about it but that's we're still um way behind in many areas of like our systems and services i'm afraid yeah 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 there's, there's still so much more to do but i think there's like much better than maybe 20 years ago um um i think um like yeah, like and yeah. in, in, in 20 years to, to now we'll be saying the same thing uh, i think yeah, yeah, there yeah. are always <laughs> things improving i think absolutely yeah yeah um but yeah um like w- within your autism scott um would you say you're sensory at all like um with, 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 mm-hmm. with, with things so sensory-wise, yeah, um, I see quite a particular, like, sensitivity to things like heat. So, like, anytime there's, like, a heat wave or, like, too much sun, like, I can become quite withdrawn. Uh, I believe I'm quite likely to be overstimulated by that. and uh, might even go into sort of a shutdown, um, like, sort of dissociate um, with myself through that. Touch as well, yeah, like since touch, like maybe um clothing, like I tend to wear maybe softer clothes, so I've maybe asked in like workplaces if, you know, you might get those like polo shirts um, with like specific materials, Um, I, I never liked them in school, Uh, but now I'm like recognising more and more like, you know, that 
still that's still uncomfortable to me those sort of materials so yeah. I have um had to like advocate a bit or just speak up and say oh you know for myself sensory needs wise you know I'd much prefer this sort of you know material of short if it's a uniform um, and I have some autistic colleagues that are quite similar much prefer softer clothing or other materials to you know what um you know is maybe traditionally handed out as like the uniform or clothing um other stuff is like you know yeah sounds yeah definitely sounds at times that that was something as a child too like I remember maybe doing things like hiding under a table at a restaurant or a party and like covering my ears a lot I don't um I don't know how much it's like changed necessarily, but there is definitely still a sensitivity to sound. Um, so you know, too much of that is not so great. I have little uh loops earplugs which are really good just to kind of drown out uh, any main noises. So it maybe just focuses a bit more in like background um noises. So if I need those in particular settings, that helps me focus a bit more. Yeah. And uh, sensory needs wise, uh, like things that are really good as well for me. Um, I love any sort of uh, stem tools or you know fidget sort of items if you call it. You know, I've got I've got this little um unicorn one here. I don't know if this oh, yeah. video goes out to people, but there's literally a whole box. I think this one's a monkey ring they call it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this is one of these wee cool, you know, things of hello. Spider-Man one here that's sort of like a squishy <laughs> squishy one it smells really nice too um and uh there's these um like I think we called them plushy toys or like yeah. plush items um I quite like those as well there's not one uh next to me right now but uh you know they can be really fun too and uh always like you know I think playing with water as well was always quite a nice sensory sensation for me as well. So, yeah, I, I would say I'm still really, as I grow and get older, I'm still discovering um, my own sensory profile. I've never actually sat down to make what that is for me, but I think almost every day I might learn something new as it relates to my sensory needs, uh, either something that's a bit, painful yeah. or what's actually quite soothing so yeah I, I completely agree because I, I kind of um I relate to some of the things that you say you like like mm. plushy toys um I, I'm quite interested in them like teddies mm. I, I'm always collecting them mm. um, um like it, it, if I go to a new football stadium perhaps or just something I'm interested yeah. in like a hobby um um mm. but like with sound like that affects me as well so mm -hmm. like um like certain sounds, but certain like um say I, I might not like some sounds, um so say I, I won't like um if I was eating with some maybe like maybe about three people, and I heard like really loud noises, I would that would affect me. But say if you're yeah. in school yeah. or something, and loads of people making noises at once, that that's fine because everyone's doing it near enough at the same time, and there's no yes. there's, yes. I can't go and say this to the teacher. Can everyone stop? <laughs> Can everyone that's stop? Right. Like you great. can't really do yeah. that. Um, no. like um, but um, it, it's it's better. It's easier to process rather than maybe annoyed three people in a yeah. room. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. um, but um, but other sounds maybe like with music, I'll listen <laughs> to um, 
same sound or like say same yeah. song over and over again. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And there's always new ones that I I, I tend to listen to. I listen to the same mm-hmm. one maybe over and over again, and a picture I'm there or, or something in my mind. Um, yes, but yeah, uh-huh. really yeah, yeah. Because um, I I always do it. I I I've got half a dozen things on my Spotify playlist, so oh, awesome, um, right. <laughs> it, it is it is it is really yeah. cool. Um, cool. to to but like you said about maybe like music. Um, I don't like 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 parties for example. Um, they are very loud. Like I don't I don't like the ones where you can't really um, you can't really listen to yourself. Um, really, That's right. yeah. Like, yeah. shouting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, not not never my scene. It's a mm-hmm. lesser volume and you can actually speak to people than yeah. It's just a <laughs> bit better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um and it, it it's different. Like it, it's hard to maybe say something like this to a um maybe someone who isn't autistic because they won't relate. Um mm-hmm, say mm-hmm. So, say you mm-hmm. may like to go to an event, maybe like a a football match or just something yeah. like that and you're fine with the sound because it's a little bit different mm-hmm. to maybe going to a party yeah, um absolutely. because mm-hmm. you're you're cheering mm-hmm. your team on team on you're used to it maybe right. you're going in the same seat every week if you have a season yeah. ticket um yeah. that that's yeah. what's different when i've been to away games like you wouldn't you yeah. wouldn't know where you're yeah. going like you'd be sitting somewhere different uh-huh. um yeah and mm-hmm. like a home mm-hmm. match like sit there every time um yeah yeah uh-huh. but, um but i would like to see like we're speaking about sensory i i, I would like to see like sensory rooms in more places not just schools oh yeah um oh, yeah. i, I, I yeah. want to see them in workplaces i want to see them in fo- more football grounds i want to i want to see them in i don't know like they could, they could be they could they could even be outside they don't have to be inside do they yes yeah, just put them in every Tesco or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put yeah them every Tesco. Absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, as long as it's, uh, I think, the right design of a sensory room, especially. I have been in some that just are really torn down and not mm. given any care at all, really. So if it's got a good design, then, yeah, they can be great to have for anyone. I, I kind of... Because I went to a mainstream school for a year, and then I transferred to like a a, a special school with people with autism and, yeah. and uh, other needs. Um, and I had a sensory <laughs> room there, and I really liked the, the look of it because it had it. Was, I liked it. I, I like it when it's really. I like a really dark and dull sensory yeah. room. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> it's almost like because I I'm into like gaming, and even though you might not be able to game in a sensory room, I just like the darkness. Um. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's me too. Actually, I quite um like at this time of night um, you you know probably after this call, I probably will be in a dark room. The lights will be. It'll just be the light coming from my screen or a little lava lamp. I tend to use. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I quite like that atmosphere. It's quite, you know, there's something about it that's just gives some joy and a uh, relaxation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I like it better than um than light. Like I do like light. I have a light. You say I'm like a, a little light on. Um, like I'm. I have a like astro lamp in here. So that that's nice. kind of, that, that, that that that's kind of sensory because they would have astro lights yeah. in. in um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
in um century room and nice. they also did have a soft play room which i'll probably use more <laughs> because i uh, oh. with with friends i was like you just mess around and stuff like that but i guess you, you'd use a um sensory room you'd use a sensory room more so i guess if yeah. you just want you just want to relax get away for example oh absolutely uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it would be nice if we had the other every every uh, we had the opportunity just to create our own like uh, oh that would be great yeah just yeah. I don't want to just put all kinds of stuff in there yeah yeah, yeah. I guess I, I guess we kind of do uh, perhaps if you are like at home and you have all the stuff you want in there I guess you can call mm-hmm. that a kind oh, of a yeah. yeah it's basically um it's just making your own isn't it so yeah, yeah that counts yeah. Uh, doesn't need a stamp of approval for a sensory room, so yeah, no, no. <laughs> whatever it is to us, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 because like it's it is. I think we need to see more of them, definitely, because I don't think there's enough really of them. Um, um, really, because uh, I don't. They are useful, aren't they? To to to. to oh, be absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, and it's just even having. In our centres, buildings, a place to go that if it is quieter or just spaces for those that need to even move around a bit more. Um, but yeah, just the way all these buildings and places are designed, it's not set up for mm. you know, people that you know of these sensory needs that need various stimulation or input. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and like, do you uh? Other than doing what you do, like of course, like with uh, like, uh-huh. like do you do do you have any other hobbies that you like? Like like, mm-hmm. uh, 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 yeah, no, I mean my sort of um like main interests these days. I'm quite into um a lot of like Marvel or DC stuff. Is like sort of those films or certain comic books. I I've always loved uh Pokemon as well. Uh, that's mm-hmm. like an interest I had as a child where. It was very uh, deep, like a uh, big focus on it as a child. Uh, kind of came away from a bit, like as I sort of was leaving school. But uh, it's a hook that like sort of keeps drawing me back. So I did get a, a Nintendo Switch like last year to like uh, play these sort of like remastered versions of like a Pikachu game in a Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Mm-hmm. So I had some fun with that over like Christmas, uh, like revisiting that. So um, that's always been a big like sort of interest that's been long, long standing like throughout my life. Um, I read like just you know another. Um, I know it's still kind of on topic of what I do, career wise, but I do just like get so much joy from reading books by autistic authors or their stories, like their perspectives, uh, even if it's just watching like videos and content they make online. So that's also, um, you know, also interlinks with what I do as work. I find that almost really challenging to distinguish what's work and what's, you know, what's the personal bit because, you know, so much of it is like, just overlaps with each other um, yeah. and I find that because just my sort of strong values I have for what I do um, and I see this with a lot of autistic people that 
deep sense of justice we might have. We don't necessarily just have our values. We really become and embody our values and like, they are what make us who we are. So, yeah, like just learning um, from other autistic people and reading about their experiences, that's another big interest of mine too. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, sorry, I thought we cut out there. We back. Yeah, we're 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 we're, we're, we're good. I was I was I was just thinking of like what you said about books. Um. Yeah. Um. Scott. Um. Yeah. Uh, like um an organization I'm part of. Like I, I'm an yeah. ambassador. Like recently did a book mm -hmm. and it, it's called um a toolkit for teachers and it's about autism, uh -huh. ADHD, and mental yeah. health. And I've got it yeah. here. So like, uh -huh. th this book is like oh. in it, in it it's written oh, awesome. like uh, about experience maybe from autistic people. Um, Fantastic! And yeah. I thought I thought we'd just show it that you can see it. Yeah. Oh, thanks so yeah. much. Yeah. 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 I've not heard of that one. Yeah. I'm just noting that down. Excellent. Yeah. I could, I could, I could send you the link if you wanna like uh, have a look at it. Um, yeah. Please do. Yeah, but it is, it is, it is good, um, because um. Like it's um, I I got a free copy, um I guess because I'm an ambassador, um or yeah. someone just bought it for me I think, <laughs> um, <laughs> um but it is good it is it's great it, it's um I think we needed to be seeing like more maybe autistic books, um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um absolutely um personally yeah. I I struggle to concentrate when I read a book but um yes um, yes <laughs> um but um it's good if people like that kind of stuff about Absolutely. um autism ADHD and mental health we spoke mm -hmm. about which is really important um Absolutely. and I think it's all about like um children and with autism and um just childhood and social media so it's it's great um but great. um yeah yeah um and I, I just wanted to touch um uh, on the what like you said about you like Marvel DC um mm -hmm. I, I, I was gonna say um I was I'm I'm not the biggest Marvel DC fan, but um I just want to touch on it. Um I I always say, um like um whenever I see things about Marvel, I I, I always say in my opinion, um with might be like my bit of being autistic might see the side of it as well, <laughs> but um you know when it was Endgame, and um mm. um they like of course all the events like Iron Man died and everything like that. I I I thought that was a good ending to the Marvel story, mm -hmm. and I thought it was going to be the ending to the Marvel story because it's called Endgame, yes. and then <laughs> and then and then and then of course yeah. it's not ended. Which what what they what I think they could have done is they end everything there, but they just keep maybe spin-offs, um, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. like of course yeah. like um yeah because um I think DC maybe is a bit doing a bit better than Marvel at the moment. Um, but um, but I think with with it, like um, it's I don't think it's gonna be a, a never stopping thing, 
um, because there's always new yeah. things coming out. But I do like Spider Man, like yes. you, like you you showed me your um Spider Man kind of um mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. there. Um, like Spider Man, yeah. yeah. Um, I do love all the Spider Man films, so um, I do like um. I even have a Spider Man yeah. suit of my own, so <laughs> um, it's, it's oh, awesome! It's, yeah, I, yeah, I think uh, as it relates to interest for me as well, like if there's um, if it is particular characters, like say a Spider Man, I also might you know become quite invested in like their comic books. Uh, I really love like the ps4 game that came out for spider-man so oh, yeah. uh that's something I, I that's like a another comfort watch or play if you call it that yeah. where i quite like going back to revisit that um yeah. like uh oh. da- daredevil's another marvel character that i've been really into and i uh, read like dozens of his comic books so yeah it usually works like that if there's a particular character or story i just latch on to um Daredevil um, was in the latest film, wasn't he? Um, a lot, like for a glimpse. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't longer, was it? <laughs> no, no. I was literally six, sixty seconds. I think, yeah. but yeah, it was yeah. cool seeing that. Yeah, yeah but, but yeah, it's, it's just no. It's good. Yeah. I think having these like comfort watches or media like this is so. Um, gives a lot of joy just revisiting things. Uh, maybe because you know what's going to happen too, and uh, you still anticipate. It. At least that's my experience yeah. about rewatching things. But definitely, yeah. definitely. And like you say about the Spider-Man game, like I, like that's probably one of my favorite games that I played on okay. play, on, on yeah. PlayStation because I yeah, love yeah. How, I love how long it is. Um, and yes. you you can just swing like about. Um and they 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 I did play the Miles Morales one as well, which I mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that one. Um, it, they were just not as long. Um, yeah, not as long. Um, but of course they're bringing about I think Spider Man two uh, game this year. So this year, um, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's really good. It, I, I I hope it's as as good as the first one. Um, I hope so. Yeah, um, it's really so exciting for that. <laughs> you, can, you can play. Yeah. I, I imagine Spider Man and Miles Morales at times. So. I'd imagine so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'll be so fun. Yeah, it, it would. It would. It's, it, it is good. I do like the Spider Man games. Oh, no. awesome. um, but um, I like within the next Spider Man film, whether when that will be, uh, that's going to be really interesting to see what happens in that because, of course, like mm-hmm. everyone's forgot Spider Man. So. Um, Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah, new, I'm new, new story, new, like new territory. Really, never been seen it before. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's gonna be really interesting to see what the future brings. Really, absolutely. Um. So, with you and, and yourself, do you do you have any like goals, maybe like for the future, within like what you're doing with with, with yourself? With um. Yeah, with... I think um, big goal is really just uh thankfully it's already slowly starting is um just building more connections and networks to like the wider autistic community uh even those that don't live in the same country as me but are maybe from different parts of the world and hopefully getting to collaborate on them because there's just so many i, I read about see out there that do share very similar values to myself and ultimately have the same goals and objectives 
and uh, just hopefully, um, you know, as the first year of doing this on my own, just been able to get some good experience delivering my training sessions to various like schools or businesses, like any other group if it's a charity even. Uh, so just getting a good number of those and, you know, just hopefully more uh, families or autistic people to, you know, provide support with, whether it's like, you know, providing home visits or it's even going into their school for a bit of pupil support. So uh, in terms of my business, it's mostly that and just um, like making my name for myself, really, so that uh, that can spread the message in my local area that, you know, there's, it's not just about me, ultimately, there's many autistic people, all parts of the world who could do this sort of work and are, can be very successful at it and are also extremely capable, Um, you know, of going out there doing talks or any kind of advocacy work. So it's just all about making that shift, Um, which is very, very slow progress, but just uh, like slow and steady. Uh, with it and uh, you know, I know I've got a good sort of support network and other autistic people I know that I'm really excited to work with and uh, you know and just that it's that idea of like you're just stronger together you wouldn't want to do something like this fully on your own um, although it's nice having a bit of like your own stuff to do individually but also work with other people together yeah, so trying to like to work with more people, get gaining that other mm-hmm. um Absolutely. connection with, with different and, uh, people. Oh yeah, yeah, do more podcasts. That's yeah. the other one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> that'll be yeah. fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. you'll be hitting r- records, won't you? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, it's been great speaking to you, Scott, about like. Everything has been really interesting. Um, but um, but before we um go, like, is there um any like um maybe advice or anything you want to give to maybe other people or anything? Other people, yeah. Um, I mean, I think a big uh thing for me is like you know with this like sort of shift the sort of things we want to, you know, see change in society is really less about you know, focus on, you know, like people's like, you know, challenges or like directing sort of blame to other people, whether it's the parents or something else, but rather than that, just focus on like the environment for autistic people, like what it is that's in that environment that is disabling to the person. And, you know, really just hopefully uh, as a, as it's called with my business name, like Autistically Scott, to really just honour and value uh, the ways that we express autistically and not not try and change us to be non-autistic or neurotypical, but to really like accept and include us, you need to understand our own experiences and how we process the world. So it all just is based on this idea of like, you know, for non-autistic people to seek to understand. And for any autistic people, I hope that they can maybe explore their own autistic identity and, like, look at the, you know, autistic people we have on social media, online. Like, as soon as you go on that hashtag, um, 
hashtag actually autistic. You get thousands of different autistic people that can offer their their own stories and relatable experiences. So yeah, if people are able to just uh, look at that and explore their artistic identity, you know, they might be able to unmask in gentle ways, like around the right people. And uh, hopefully when you do that, you'll probably find that, you know, you'll have maybe increased like well-being, better mental health, because you're allowing yourself to be uh, more of who you are and just uh, just finding the right people, the right community, you know, just surround yourself with that. That that's completely it. I couldn't agree more, Scott, because it is completely that. Just surround yourself with people that um who understand you and stuff like that. But I I always like to educate or maybe people who don't understand and they and they want to learn. It's always good if you're not people are not autistic and um they don't um understand fully. If um it's good to do what we do, like podcasts, go to different schools, and um, just doing what we do. So. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. But um, thank you again, Scott, for coming on. It's been really awesome speaking to you. <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And and I hope everyone um, who's um, seen this today enjoys it as, as much as me and um, Scott have. But uh, I hope everyone from where you are, uh, wherever you are in the world, um, if you're in Scotland or you're in um, anywhere, but we, we, we wish you a, a nice rest of your day. But thank you again, Scott. And um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.